Hey, how's your Sunday going? I hope it's going well. Mine's pretty lazy. But here's another episode. Um, So somebody asked about like the order of episodes in season four. The marketing bits are not part of season four per se. They're just tips that I'm giving out for guys who are interested in that side. They might not care about the other type of content I produce, but maybe this might help you. Yeah. So today's is going to be about knowing your audience. Isn't I've chosen to speak about this is because I'm lately I've been involved in events and I think just much of my life has been eventful. And something that I really thought was very obvious I've realized is not as obvious. That thing is knowing your audience. So um it was a conversation I had with a particular speaker and they called to ask me what what the demographic was of the of the people she was going to speak to, like their age, if I knew their professions, um, if I knew what they wanted to hear. And I thought that was really smart. And it, it was one of the very few people I've ever had who asked that question. Because even when we um, when I was in charge of organizing these conferences, I would ensure that the people we were calling to speak were aware that the people they were speaking to were teenagers and quite possibly young adults, very young, like closer to 20, 21, 22 at most. And so whatever it is you're coming to tell them needed to be suited to that age group. Because um, I knew it was quite ridiculous to have an event and have the people who you've organized it for leave there feeling like they were wasted. And usually people feel like that because what what they expected to get from a, a speaker or the general theme of the event or the function was not met or was not communicated in a way that matters to them. Things like language used did not was not appropriate, um, the jokes used, the usually it's more of a generational gap and sometimes even an intellectual one. Sometimes it's an emotional intelligence one. Like you do not have the ability to read nonverbal cues like these people are not listening to you. These people have checked out. These people don't care for your presentations at this particular time because they didn't come here to look at presentations. You understand? And so the more that I have done events, the more that I've realized people don't really know how to communicate. And I took this for granted because the school that I went to, live alone uni, like when now we, in my senior school, that's, Actually, from junior school, yeah, we used to have something called elocution. Now, elocution was was an event every year where every class had to present around four students who were going to present a topic and they were going to speak on it. There was that. And then I think part of it also included things like semantics, like that. But usually it was speaking. And one time when we were in the assembly, my English teacher back then, was the teacher on duty and so he was saying something and he was saying that one of the students who had gone to Aussie recently had written him and told him that he was really glad that he was forced <laughs> quote unquote to participate in the elocution contest because now presenting um, projects or even just making presentations in class was a lot easier for him and he usually used to get a lot more points for doing the public speaking really well than other students and so he sees the benefit of it and was really grateful. So when our teacher told us that in the assembly, that really struck me. Like it stuck with me. I was like, oh, okay. So even if I'm scared, it helps if I participate in this thing because it's going to help me in the future somewhere. 
granted i'm a person who likes making my life a lot easier so i'm the type to make it harder right now if it's going to make it easier in the future and so i was like if i'm being presented with a solution that is going to make my work a lot easier in university and even in my workplace eventually why not handle that thing right now when i don't have as much pressure to learn it and so every year i made it a point to participate in the electrician contest and i got so good at it by the time i was finishing up i really had no nerves and now even that was now coupled with me being a youth leader where i'm out my my immediate like now my direct overhead would have me do sermons in class in in the youth group or sometimes um i'd always have to make introductions like every sunday i had to speak so soon enough i stopped fearing we'd have sometimes um what is it called contest or events where the youth would flood a whole i'm talking numbers of close to a thousand so if a thousand people looking at you and that thing didn't bug me at all i was able to keep my head they wouldn't shake i knew what to say and all those things but it was some people would say it's a skill but some people would say it's natural talent but it's not it's actually a skill because it it takes knowing who you're speaking to it takes knowing what that event is about it takes knowing what these people are currently reading what are their interests what they see what you know they might need to hear and how to present what they might need to hear yeah and so when that speaker asked me that question i was like oh okay this one is good i don't know i've never heard her speak before but the fact that she asked those questions before showed me that this is somebody who understands the language of public speaking now how is this important okay what makes you good is not how good you think you are and this is particularly in the um in the market economy but rather how well your audience perceives you to be if they perceive you to be good then you're good case in point when the person who created i think it's called mac lazaridis or lazaridis or something the guy who came up with the blackberry when he came up with it it was a novel thing and everybody okay when i say everybody i mean the people who are the ish the creme de la creme of hollywood and all that had blackberries and it was wow and then steve jobs did what steve jobs does they upset the economy and they produced the iphone now those touch screens and now when you read about the history of the blackberry it is said that the creator of blackberry was told that they needed probably to upgrade but he was like no he assumed that people would always want to have a physical touchpad and so at a time when blackberry was generating billions worth of revenue he refused to shift with the market and how it was swinging and blackberry was phased out so in as much as he was a brilliant designer at, at a time when he created a very novel product that was received so well the fact that he did not keep up with the market did not allow for the market changes in taste to affect how he saw his design and what he created and what he perceived was needed he lost out on the future of blackberry he lost out on even creating a better product than blackberry was initially so you might think you're very good at product design at innovation at doing something in your market whatever industry you're in but you're not good if your audience or if the receiver of whatever message you're communicating that message could be a product a physical product it could be a brand it could be um, um an actual communicative talk if they do not perceive you to be good then you're not good
because now what happens is that if you do not present it to them in a way that matters to them in terms of language, in terms of discourse, in terms of presentation, they usually leave feeling like you wasted their time and that you're not even worth giving time. And they become what, what I, as the terminology I had the other day, they become terrorists to your business. They terrorize you because they go around blowing up. They blow you up in the wrong, to wrong mostly, uh, in the most unprofitable way. Okay? So, when whatever it is you're crafting that you want to produce or give, you could even be a minister of the gospel, and that one we, we might get into at some point. Whatever it is you want to communicate, make sure you know your audience. The reason I don't push this podcast like in marketing is because I'm not gunning for everyone. There's a way I talk, and it's not for everyone, especially more traditional Christians or people who have angst with things like cussing and um, people who have a perception of how the youth behave. This is not for them, and that's okay. I learned that the people I'm trying to reach or the people I hope to communicate with think a particular way, and those are the ones I will communicate to. But if it doesn't fall within your level or your domain of acceptance, then that's okay. There's somebody who communicates in the way that you desire, and it's okay for you to listen to them. Doesn't make them wrong, doesn't make me right, doesn't make me wrong, doesn't make them right. It just means that you have a preference, and that preference governs whom you listen to. I happened to come across a conversation on YouTube. I was trying to, I don't know what I was looking for, but it just popped up on my feed. It was about relationships. And so I was like, ah, but let me listen. I might find out something. I don't know, like, how has the land, landscape changed and whatnot, because I've not been participant in that area for a bit now. But the person, when they were speaking, started off by saying that all girls dream of being married and that they were positive that every girl right now has already seen themselves in the dress they're going to get married in. That that introduction lasted probably like less than two minutes and then I clocked out. I was like, me, I can't do this. Because I don't understand how it is you've been talking to women for over 20 years and you, you still generalize it like that. I, for one, have not done any of the things you've just said. And so for you to, to use the terminologies of all was just, I found that to be quite offensive on a very personal level. And then second, I just felt like you didn't bother to check your demographic. You didn't bother to, to see, okay, not really, that's wrong of me to say. Quite possibly, they believe that what they're selling is the truth. Quite possibly, they believe that the women who are listening to her value marriage the way that she does. Because I have this idea. Whenever I check people's bios on Instagram or even on Facebook, wherever it is I can find somebody's bio, I like checking how women present themselves. And most times, when they're married, they start off with wife. Wife, and if they have kids, mother, and then the rest of the things follow. And the interesting thing is that the spouses rarely do the same thing. Like, they don't start theirs with husband and then father. It's usually what they do first. I thought that was a very important thing to note. And so, when they made that generalization, I just checked out. I was like, okay, so me, I can't listen to you because whatever it is you're going to say after this, I will carry it in the light of the offense I carried in the first two minutes of what you said. Granted, this woman is might, might not be wrong. She probably offered incredible advice that I might have needed to listen to, but I couldn't get past the offense. And I felt like she did not do her due diligence in trying to reach somebody like me. 
you get so most likely in my head how i interpreted it was i am not her audience and rightfully so there could be women who die for marriage the other day i was going to work and we were listening the, the driver had us listen to classic 105 the conversation happened to be um on the areas of you supporting your man like ride or die whether he's cheating sleeping with your sister or not you stay with him till the end i was shocked at the level of women who agreed with that statement that they want to be married and remain married so badly that it doesn't matter if the man is going to come home and beat them disappear for weeks on end and not question them but when they when they don't pick their husband's call they come home and they're beaten they will stay in that situation because they desire to be married and i was like hey okay we really must be very different on this planet very different but hearing that difficult conversation in that matter that took like 20 minutes helped me see that not every woman thinks of marriage the way that i do and so my views on it are not particularly appealing to them and neither are their views about this matter again audience know what your audience wants it's important part of market research is studying what your audience needs how are they changing what have they changed from or what are they changing into what has caused that change try and do as much research on the changes of their of their habits and preferences as much as you can because you could have a beautiful product you could have a beautiful brand you could have beautiful packaging even most amazing pricing but if you do not understand how the market behaves you're just going to be shooting in the dark repeatedly and so in an economy where products are what are sold the receiver determines the success of the message or the product that is being given it is the receiver who has the power ultimately you could have a good product like blackberry but if you do not accept that the market has changed you cannot impose on them what you deem to be okay they will just turn on you because there will be somebody else who is willing to listen to them and provide that for them communication is a skill and I was shocked to find out that in Kenyan universities it is done as a unit for a semester and then it is just wiped out. I personally feel like this is something that should be covered all through the four years in whatever course you're doing. For doctors to learn bedside manner, to, to learn empathy, to learn how to communicate harsh truths. For engineers to learn how to communicate ideas that are so lofty. You know, like just find a way to communicate what it is you're trying to do to some for somebody so that they can understand it. You get because I had the privilege of studying communication in uni. Now, in the university I went to, it was called communication studies. I later on found out that different universities called those um, the same discipline as mass comm, others journalism. And so now how it was framed in my school was that you studied communication as a discipline. And then now when you got to third year, you had the majors now. You had PR, you had development communication, then you had mass comm. And I picked a double major, so mine was PR and um, development communication because I wanted to get into community work. And so PR is needed for that, and I need to learn how to talk to communities. I mean, come on. <laughs> One of the reasons that I had me pick in DC was um, I was talking to <laughs> an older friend who happened to had worked in a bank. I think it was APSA. They worked in APSA for a long time. And I was telling them about how I had these visions of going to help women in, in communities and get them out of the situations they were in and just enlighten them on the opportunities that were available for women in this age. And he looked at me and he asked me, deadpan. He was like, 
Sally, what makes you think they want your help? To say I was shocked, like, it, it never crossed my mind that these women might not need what I was offering. It didn't cross my mind that I was being so arrogant in my thinking that they needed what I had, that they needed my way of thinking, that my way of life was better than theirs, that they thought that my way of life was better than theirs. And so when he said that, I was like, oh, oh, okay, so I need to rethink everything I have ever thought. And that's why I picked up development communication, because I was like, to change a community or to offer them change or offer them alternative ways, you'd need to learn how to speak to them. And based on what I just said, I am not ready for what I think I was. I might have a good idea, but I don't have the right way of delivering it. Much more, my mind needed to be changed in how I viewed those communities because I viewed them as being disadvantaged. But what makes me think that they see themselves the same way it's a very colonial mindset, actually, because it's what would have white people come into Africa and be like, you know, these are savages, they need what we're going to give them. Talk so much about how the white people do this, but we do it every day. You do it to your kids when you impose your lifestyle on them. You do it to your friends when you when you peer pressure them, quote-unquote, to pick up habits that you think are better. Um, you do that for your employees when you assume that your ambitions are also things that they're pursuing or that how you think things should be done is how they want things to be done. You know, it's a general imposition of mindsets. And maybe we just call it a colonial mindset or whatnot. And it had me thinking of, like, something that I had to pick up. Now, the more we studied communication, the more I realized how you pass in uni is just a very communicate. It's a communicative, what is it called, advantage or disadvantage. I soon learned that half of my grade was studying my lecture because there's no external body that is indifferent that doesn't know you that's going to mark your papers it's going to be the lecturer you sit with in class they're going to determine whether you're going to get an a or an f so i learned soon enough to hear how they communicated like are they people who prefer facts are they people who prefer details they people who prefer one-liners do they prefer a mixture of both? Are they more into you making presentations in class or written assignments? Do they like it when you speak about the people you've read about if you reference their points in class or you know or do they prefer group work? And once I was able to figure out rather just see a bit of how that lecturer was wanted or how they communicated, I knew how to phrase my assignments, I knew how to write my exams so i i was the top of my class not because i was the smartest girl in class which is very arguable actually Let, don't get me started on that but because i was willing to study my lecturers so if you're in uni and you're struggling with your units yeah studying smart involves checking your your lecture just see their behaviors how do they prefer to do their things how do they like their things done that will get you half your grade before you start writing all the rubbish you're going to write on your papers. Might get you through a lot faster communication. Studying the person who you're trying to communicate to, looking at their habits, seeing how they prefer the message to be carried over to them because this person is going to be in charge of your grade. They're going to determine how many, the kind of honors you're going to leave uni with. Okay? So think about that. 
the other bit I wanted to address in terms of like knowing your audience is in like fam, if you're trying to hit on someone, and this applies to let me start off with the men, then we'll get on to the girls. Let's see if I get there. But it really matters how you hit on these women. First of all, don't make assumptions that you know women. Doesn't matter how many you've been around or how many you've spoken to, every woman is different. Second, do not assume that every girl you meet is going to be swayed by your financial ability. That is going to mess you up so bad. The other day I was coming home and um, I happened to see the CX3. It was a red, it was red, it was a red CX3 coming toward me. So I was like, ah, fam, I should have taken the upper route because there's a way, okay, yeah, whatever. And so I knew this car was stopping for me. I don't know how I knew, but I knew it. And I was so angry because now I was like, shit, I've just locked myself in. And so I passed on like a very like, a tiny pavement because I was just trying to do this thing. Have you ever tried to walk on the cobble, on like on the path, um, on the pavement where they put their praised blocks and you're trying to walk <laughs> to balance your way out? That's what I was trying to do. And so now I was caught between a ditch, that cobble path, and the car. And so the man inside the car rolled down his window and he tried to holler. You know, I, when I left, I was just talking to myself and I was like, these men, these men, surely, like clearly, you want what I have. But you're not even going to put in effort. Like you're going to roll down your window. So it's my job to bend over a window so that you can hit on me to get what I have. And yet I am the one who has to do that. Does that make sense to you? Like, surely. And then also in my head, it was like, mm. so you think your CX3 matters? Like, this is proof enough of you having enough. What makes you think I don't have a mark at home? Or that I have enough money to probably even buy you out and everything that you own? But you've assumed because that is the narrative of women you have borrowed and decided to accept because of what you have seen and been told. That women like money. And this wasn't just particularly to me. There was somebody else the other day. Some man wanted her, but he didn't have the balls to approach her. So what did he do? He reached to different he reached he went he reached out to three men to get to her. And then after those three men, there was another girl. So that he could tell the girl that he has a lot of money. And I remember we were laughing about it with somebody because like that is so disrespectful. Like you don't even know her name. You don't even know what she's about. You don't know if money matters to her. You don't know if that's how she likes to be approached. But you just, you assumed and you sent the message. And I feel rejected she's a bitch. But <laughs> you didn't even put in minimum effort. And then there's this other pastor, like how I know him is a long ass story, but we met years back, like in 2018 when I was dating somebody else. And so this man just had some weird, weird manner. I don't, I don't know, man, who teaches you how to shoot your shot? Like, Minini, this nigga. So the other day I was just walking, I was walking along on the CBD, up or close to the, what do they call, close to Shah's Outfitters. As a man in my own business, I'm listening to my podcast and whatnot. So I saw him coming, but I was like, ah, no, I can't linger him. So let me just walk past the person. Like, I didn't, like, I don't know him. And when he passed by, I said, <laughs> I 
I laughed. I was so insulted, but I laughed. I, I was like, any of these men. So, okay, fine. You've said habariyako, but you've walked away. So, even if I had interest, which not even, uh, how was I going to speak to you? You've already gone. So, what was the point? What was that? Surely, what was that? And it's just been something that I've, I've been asking men who I meet. Like, how do you shoot your shot so ridiculously? You don't bother to know how this person behaves, what are their likes. You just come on to them the way you think. And when they refute you, they're a bitch. They're slut. You know, they, beca- they become all... <laughs> Somebody the other day, Alinyambia Tauna Haga. Because... Okay, if you don't speak so that like you don't even have a butt... Because I refused the advances. I was like, the thing is, bro. Not even. Like, not even. And it's okay if I, you're not my type. It's not a rejection on you. You're just not my type. And then, to ku- 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 make it worse, you're throwing... You're making it seem like you're doing me a favor by hitting on me. Nigga, no. First of all, how do you even not know I'm not dating somebody else? Or that I even... I might not even be straight, right? I might not be straight. Um, I could be married. I might not even have an interest in men at that time. And there's also this general assumption like that all women want to date, you get? So the point is this, communication. Learn how to communicate. This Udame, this Udame audience, okay? Find out as much as you can about them before you do that shit. Because that's how you go about missing. I was watching somebody the other day. And this is me. I thought they made a fool out of themselves. But this is completely my opinion. They were asked what their views were on um, people hitting on, like girls hitting on men. And they were like, that is the most ridiculous thing they've ever heard. And that women should stop trying to act like men. Because a man doesn't want to be approached by another man. And hitting on a man is being very manly. They all but talked shit about it. I was so offended. Then afterwards, I was like, why am I offended? I'm not married to her. Like, is it my concern that she thinks like that? Like, that's probably her idea. Like, she prefers to be hit on. Steve Harvey carries that same ideology. He pushes that women should wait for men to hit on them. I don't agree with that. And I have read a lot of Reddit posts from men who say, like, they would, they don't mind being hit on by women. And so you, you go into this landscape, you're like, eh, if um, so this thing is not as a hundred as they make it seem. Because even when you read the Bible, this person who was arguing that women should not hit on men, was particularly on the Christian side, I was like, Ruth, Ruth, Alirusha vibes, Koboaz, Tamar, the one who slept with Judah, she threw vibes also. I know there's somebody else I'm forgetting, but they threw vibes. So your your ideology on this is is very preferential. It's not really facts. You get, but that's way for another day. So please, if you're trying to hit, just know your audience, sir. Know, <laughs> know your audience. Finally, something that I've been getting recently is that guys want to learn how to not public speak, and this is of course a nini I needed skill in marketing. Whether you're going to be standing in front of a group of people to make a presentation or in your office when you're being asked about ideas or you're asked to make a quick presentation somewhere. But half of public speaking, just like with the class thing with your grade, 
is knowing your audience. If you know your audience, you'll be able to know how to phrase your message, how to shape it. Presentations don't work in social settings. That is a lie. It doesn't matter if you think like that. You will need to learn as a public speaker how to shift your message to suit your audience's way of communication. You don't impose on people who you are, especially if you need them. If they need you, that's a whole different ballpark because then you have the power in that relational dynamic. But if you need them, you don't bring to them what you think they need. Okay? So learn how to speak. And especially in social settings, learn how to minimize what you're saying. Like everything you're saying is not relevant. And also learn how to pick up on nonverbal cues. Like look at people's faces. Are they looking at you? Are they smiling? Are they disappointed? Don't assume that what you're saying is so important that everybody's listening to you. Some people have mastered the art of looking at you and acting so interested, but nigga, they're thinking about their shoestrings at home or how that cuckoo in the morning almost beat their feet. Me, they, the places my mind has gone through, gone to because of a speaker just being so out of topic, like also being so out of touch with me, I incredible, just <laughs> incredible. So learn your audience and learn how to practice speaking. Watch great speakers, read books on public speaking, watch TED Talks, watch, if you're a preacher, watch preachers preach and see the reception and even see the kind of people who are receiving what it is that was being said, the age. Always study your people, even as an employer. Check your employees. How are they? How do they behave? Don't come there imposing your things on them. Soon enough, you'll just find yourself in a very awkward situation with people. And even as an employee, learn how your employer works. Learn how they speak so that you know what to say when and if what you're saying needs to be said at all. Or if there's a different way to communicate that to them. Yeah. So if you are in any field, knowing your audience is half of the game. Whether you're an innovator, a designer, an engineer, an architect, you're a public speaker, you're a politician, you're a government rep. Whatever industry you're going to get into, knowing your audience is key. Even as a student, knowing your audience is key. And the sooner you learn that, the more equipped you will be all through life because it will affect how you parent. It will affect how you behave in social gatherings, like your emotional intelligence, your social intelligence actually in those settings. And most of all, it will give you a good rapport because people will know that you're the type of person who knows how to speak to them. You make them feel valued. You make them feel like they matter, like their time mattered. Like what they needed to know mattered so much that you went and designed it to suit them. You gave them a bespoke communication. Hmm. You give them a bespoke product, whether it was a communication that needed to be said, whether it was a presentation of a brand, whether it was in the correction of a mistake that they've made or that you've made, they will know that they mattered enough. And that mattering, that that feeling they get is what will sell you. So I hope this was helpful. As always, I appreciate feedback. So feel free to send me an audio message on my email, mohonimodoni at gmail. Mohonimodoni6 at gmail.com. Yeah? So have a lovely Sunday.